Also, within the last couple of weeks, we've seen um, the news. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but the Supreme Court actually rejected the NCAA's limits on education-related compensation for the athletes. Essentially, what that means is you can't cap what they're allowed to earn, and so now it's open season. I mean, we've seen a, a bunch of those signings and different things uh, I'll probably discuss that in a later episode, probably next week. But we're seeing a lot of these sign- these signings happening. I think one of the things I wonder the most, and for those of you who don't know, it was it it started on July first, which was just a few days ago. Name, image, and likeness is what it's called, and um, so you know now they're able to be compensated based on that. And they've we've seen a bunch of players sign endorsement deals. I think I wonder what the criteria is for some of these businesses choosing certain athletes. You know, is it, does the school they play for matter? Does social media following matter? Does the sport specifically matter? I mean, are we going to get people who play tennis that are going to get the same kind of deals or similar deals to that of someone who plays football or basketball or one of the other kind of top sports that are uh, nationally televised all the time. I think those are some of the questions that it, that I have regarding it. And what kind of deals are you giving them? Is there, if you're one of the businesses or on the other side of that, if you're one of the businesses, is there a price that you're limited to based on that? Is there some fear there? Because some of these athletes, they may not be pros at some point. What's, you know, what's the value for you as the business selecting a couple of these players we're going to, I guess over the next couple of weeks and months we're going to find out more and more about that but I'm I'm excited I'm excited as a former college athlete myself I played division 2 basketball I I think that's exciting news for these players to be able to be compensated for the work that you do have to put in student athlete but there's also other things behind the scenes that are always going on I mean as I played there were different things that we had to do, whether it was, you know, reading in Lakewood schools or it was doing things for uh, some brand awareness or for some monetary value in terms of we worked at Blue Claws and 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 just did different things like that. So cleaning up a house for runaways or just some interesting things. There's a lot of work that goes into being an athlete. And I think it's really cool that in today's world, you get to actually monetize yourself a little and find ways to make money and and for a lot of those things you're doing just either for games or for free and now you get to actually do some things you still have to do those other things but outside of that you get to now monetize and and find that balance of of doing things for free and also doing things for money so I'm going to talk about uh, a couple of things that happened over the last maybe week or two I know Lauren Cox for instance she was with Indiana, I believe, and now signed with the L.A. Sparks. She was cut by Indiana, actually. And uh, it was interesting to see, considering she was a, a top you know, top three draft pick over the last couple of years here, I would say within the last two or three years. And I think one of the things that surprised me was how great she looked with the Sparks. She came out, she was really confident, didn't really, didn't really seem like she was nervous or or jitters or had that being with a new team kind of like let me get a second to 
kind of fill in and figure it out. It was really awesome, actually, to be one of these young players and just kind of step in and do that. And also someone else who got cut was Kia Stokes with the Liberty, but then a couple of days later signed with the Las Vegas Aces. I think I was a little surprised by this, but not at the same time. Bill Lambeer has historically been a lover of post players throughout his tenure in the WNBA, so it's not really surprising in that aspect. But the fact that the Aces have, you know, I want to say five maybe, almost could be centers, that's why I was amazed. Kia Stokes was playing center for the Liberty uh, coming off the bench. She had uh, she had some in and out of the rotations, and, you know, I, I understand why it wasn't working for the Liberty, or at least from the outside what it looked like. But I was more surprised about the signing with Las Vegas, considering they have so many so many uh, post players and bigs already, I, you know, that was a little surprising to me. But like I said, Billy Lambeer, I think he actually drafted her when he was here with the Liberty, if I remember correctly. And so it's it's not that shocking. You know, he, he probably loved her when he was here, and which is why he would have drafted her. So, you know, that's some of the news going on there with the WNBA. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on some of the records and everything here. I think it's uh, important to keep up to date with some of that stuff, too. Let's take a look. Before I go into that also, the Seattle Storm actually waived Candace Dupree last week. I, you know, that, to me, honestly, was shocking. She did play a few games with them, and from the ones I've seen, she looked pretty good. Not averaging a ton of points or, or anything like that, but then again, I mean, Seattle has a very good team. I mean, they, they are in the tops of the WNBA standings, so... It wouldn't surprise me either to see her get picked up by another team over the next couple of days, and we'll see teams who are looking for players. But now I'll go into uh, the standings. Uh, so I'm going to go through and, and, and talk about them in full. Las Vegas is at the top, 14-4 and record. Seattle also has a 14-4 and record in second. Connecticut 12-6 and at number three. Minnesota at number four with nine and seven. Chicago at number five with 10 and nine. The Liberty at number six with also a 10 and nine record. The Dallas Wings at number seven with a nine and 10 record. And the Phoenix Mercury at eight with a seven and nine record. Now, people who are, are, or teams, I should say, who are out of contention at the moment doesn't mean that somebody can't jump up doesn't mean that somebody's not going to fall down out of it but you have uh, at the back end of this Washington 7 and 10 LA Sparks 6 and 11 the Atlanta Dream 6 and 11 and Indiana 2 and 16 so that's kind of the uh, shaping up as of right now I did watch an incredibly good game yesterday or the day before the Liberty game was action packed and they were down 18 or 19 points and actually came back to win that game by three. I think it was something like that, three or some kind of couple of points there like that. I think it was against Washington. I didn't watch the most recent game yet, but, you know, I will be watching that today. So, but yeah, I think, you know, Benajelani, of course, played a great game, but the emergence of Jazz Jones, I was really excited to see her there kind of have a really great game moment there so that's it was it was fun game to watch honestly they they were down they came back into that game just 
firing at, especially after the first half. It was just, it, I, you know, I thought they were out of it and done, and I was like, oh. But it was great to see some fight in that team and just stepping up on defense and making the most of that opportunity there. So, And that game against Washington, Benajah Laney had 19 points. Jazz Jones had 17 points, and 12 of those points were in the second half. So she had a really big second half there. Obviously, Tina Charles did Tina Charles things. Uh, she had 31 points, and listen, the rebounds, the rebounds were just ridiculous with the 16 rebounds. So the Liberty actually uh, were led by Sammy Whitcomb with nine rebounds in that game. But I mean, that's still no match for Tina Charles' offensive rebounds and stuff. So, um, like I said, for them to come back in that game was was pretty amazing, and hopefully they can continue to build on that. Love seeing things like that. It's uh, it's exciting. That's going to end this episode for me. I hope you guys enjoy. Leave me some feedback. Let me know what you think. If you hear any news, let me know you let me know about it. That way I can talk about it in a in an upcoming episode. You know, reach out to me on social media. You can find me pretty much on any platform under my name, Jasmine Wonders. So I want to thank you guys for joining me as always. I'll see you next week with a probably a special episode that I'm doing. Um, I might have a nice little guest, so stay tuned for that one, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. See you later. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In My DNA Sports Edition. I know I missed last week. I apologize for those of you who listen each week, but I'm here now. Today is July 6th, and uh, I'm going to jump into some of the things so let's let's start by talking about the Olympic direction a little bit. The three on three women's Olympic team has been announced over the last couple of weeks here. Stephanie Dolson, Kelsey Plum, Alicia Gray, and Katie Lou Samuelson. They will represent the United States. I think this is the first time ever we've seen this event in an Olympic Games. Actually, the men did not qualify. So I think it was a, a little bit shocking. It's the first time in history that the U.S. has failed to qualify for a basketball event. As good of players that we have for, you know, both the men's and women's side and how dominant they've been over, you know, the span of many years now, it was a little shocking to see them not qualify for uh, a team in a basketball sense in any way. So that was some of the news on that. That was just quickly jumping off. Um, next, I'm going to talk about the announcement of who's going to be playing for the men's five-on-five team, obviously, for basketball. We'll start with, okay, this is the roster. Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum. Now, the coaching staff for that team will be led off by Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. The assistants will be as follows, Steve Kerr from Golden State, Lloyd Pierce and Jay Wright from Villanova, and Jerry Coangelo will be the team's managing director. I believe that they're going to start practicing this week, perhaps today, I believe. Obviously, there's looks like there's a couple of guys who 
will not be in attendance, obviously, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. For those of you who have not been following the NBA Finals, as of today, they have not played a game yet, but it will consist of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. So obviously, those two will not be a part of it, and also Devin Booker will not be a part of it. So those three guys will will probably be joining the team later on as you know they start practicing now and and trying to build some cohesion amongst each other um i'd love to see over the next couple of weeks what they look like going into the olympics i'm sure they're going to play some sort of exhibition games or what have you to get themselves ready we'll see what that looks like also we've we've seen obviously i've talked about before the the women's team for the olympics we know who they are already of mentioned that one in a previous episode. However, we do now know who the WNBA All-Stars will be that will be facing them as part of the All-Star game if you if you didn't hear the you know a previous the previous episode, but we'll start I'll, I'll list those players too. Liz Cambage, Dierica Hamby, Courtney Williams, Arike Agumbawale, Sato Sabali, Benija Laney, Brianna Jones, Dewana Bonner, Jonquel Jones, Kalia Cooper, Candace Parker, and Courtney Vandersloot. That team will be coached by Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson, which is awesome. Before I go back to talk about the players, just the coaches in general is the craziest thing. I mean, it's it's more of a nostalgia to me, you know, watching growing up watching those players play in the WNBA to now turn around and be be coaches for this all-star team is really awesome. So, But for the players here, I, I know Liz Cambage plays in another country, I believe Australia. It's really interesting that she wanted to be a part of this all-star game. I would have imagined that she would have, she would have skipped it. But hey, I think it's really amazing that she wanted to kind of be a part of this and, and be able to play against the U.S. Olympic team and maybe get a sense even for her own self, you know, what's going to happen there. So that's really, that's really cool. Also, um, this is a pretty a pretty formidable team. I mean, yeah, on the U.S. Olympic team, you're going to have some really great players on there. Even even Liz Cambage going and and Dierica Hamby going up against their teammates in Asia Wilson. However, those players are very good too. So obviously, I've watched a lot of Benija Laney enough to know she's she's really formidable. And I'm going to go into this one. Candace Parker coming back for Chicago has really turned that team around. So I'm not really surprised. They've been winning a bunch of games. And so I'm not really surprised that she's a part of this team. And Dewana Bonner, I've been saying it, you know, all along about her. She's the heart and soul of Connecticut right now. So it's really great to see her on this team as well. And um, nothing enough can't be said about players like Courtney Williams, who I've actually gotten a chance to watch over the last few weeks Maybe over the last month, I've seen a lot of Atlanta lately. In the beginning, I hadn't seen much of them at all. Now I'm seeing them at least every week. So to watch that team, they may not have a bunch of wins to show for it. But listen, Courtney Williams, that woman has ice in the veins. I've seen some really amazing plays, a game-winning shot against the Liberty to, to, to give her team a win there. Just some really great shooting. And it's probably part of what I like about Benajah Laney and Courtney Williams is that they have 
a game or a, a style of play that is a, very conducive to the NBA. I think Arike Agumbawale has that also. You know, you get to enjoy some of these players that, that do have that, and I think it's fun to watch. They have these fadeaway shots, these really great, this really great footwork when they get into the paint and they're able to be crafty and, and make some really tough shots. It's really awesome to see that. So I'm excited. So, and I'm also excited to see who wins this game. I think it's expected, obviously, with who you pick for Team USA to represent us as a country, you would expect them to win this game. But I, I do think it's going to be evenly matched, to be honest. I think there's some great players on both teams. And listen, because in the WNBA, there, it's the top 144 or so players, it's really hard to pick because you know, you're talking about the best of the best everywhere. And there's great players on every single team, more than one. So because there's only a limited amount of, of roster spots and a limited amount of teams, there's always going to be really good players. So I'm wishing both sides the best of luck. I'm I'm definitely going to be watching the game. I hope the rest of you will be too. So that's going to be fun. All right, some other things to talk about here. I'll probably go into more track and field later on. This is more of a, a basketball episode here. But, um, I mean, we heard a bunch of things lately about you know, let's say Diana Taurasi and, and her hitting her 9,000 points. Congrats to Diana. That's, that's an amazing accomplishment. And it's, it's interestingly, it's tough because the WNBA, the seasons, the season's pretty short, but for a lot of these women coming into this, they're, they're coming straight from overseas seasons. And so they don't really have an off season or training or, bettering skills as much as some other people might have whether you play in college or you play in high school even you have an off season but these players don't really get an off season they come in straight from there maybe they get a few days maybe a, you know a couple of weeks but it's nothing substantial to give their bodies the rest that it might need and so you know they're they're coming out here swinging and Diana Taurasi I mean she's already in her you know mid to late 30s here you know, to be doing things like this at, at this age, I'm I'm just blown away by how um, consistent she's been and how um, focused she stays, really. You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you feel the aches and pains, when you've had little injuries nagging you here and there. It's, it's just really tough to continue to stay on course. And so I, congratulations to Diana. It's an amazing accomplishment. And and I'm sure she's going to have more accomplishments to go. I mean, like, you know, like, like they always say, that's that's the GOAT right there, or at least one of them. So 